every single one of you deserve to be 150%. And when you're 150%, everything in your life trickles down to be better. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Hey everyone, Dr. Anna here. Have uh, you experienced trauma in your past? I wanna let you know that you're not broken. You're not broken. And sometimes some of our past experiences can lead to autoimmune disease and, and lifestyle, chronic lifestyle conditions that really affect us, affect our, our, our relationships, affect our health, um, lead to chronic debilitating conditions. And we're putting a stop to that here at the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I mean, really. And um, today's guest on my show is Danny Williamson. Her story is really powerful. And she's completely turned her life around. And she's a, a, a nurse practitioner. She's also studied functional medicine. And she's just a powerful, powerful force in this arena, having suffered from autoimmune disease. And there are so many autoimmune diseases and women are at twice the risk of men for autoimmune diseases. And so we want to address this. The other thing is suicide. I had no idea that women had a 50% increased risk of suicide. And as well, throughout the pandemic, at 800%, there's been an 800% increase in calls to suicide prevention hotlines. And um, that's in the under age 24 group, 11 to 24. And that is just shocking. So this information is powerful. We heal from the inside out. We heal through our neurotransmitters. We heal through actually, you know, the six steps that Danny's going to talk about today um, in, you know, from her book, wild and well, and she's going to give you some information, but her, her stories is, is just powerful. And, um, and I'm really excited because a couple of things, she's just so, so great to listen to. She says, you're not broken. It's not your fault. You know, you're, you're never broken. It's not your fault. And so looking at that is when we've had adverse childhood experience. And she also um, says the, the quote, hurt people hurt people. And so healing from whatever hurt in our past is really essential for our future and the future of our relationships. And we know that, you know, we know sometimes we're triggered by, a word or an action uh, or, or something, and we react or overreact in a way that may be unkind. And, and you wonder, where did this come from? Why is this happening? And healing from that's really powerful. And she really focuses on food. And she says, food can heal you or kill you. She's absolutely right. I'm with her 100% on that one. And then we also had a discussion right at the end on low-dose naltrexone that you will not want to miss. So join me in welcome 
welcoming Danny Williamson. Oh, a quick background on her. <laughs> I should tell you that she is a, a, a family nurse practitioner and she owns Integrative Family Medicine in Franklin, Tennessee, which focuses on gut and autoimmune thyroid and Hashimoto's thyroiditis is, is really her passion and working with women, especially with autoimmune disease, but working with families as well, overcome so many um, so many consequences. So her book is Wild and Well, Danny's Six Common Sense Steps to Radical Healing. And it's so well written and well uh, presented and illustrated that you guys are going to love it. And you're going to love her. So uh, let me introduce you. Welcome, Danny. It is great to have you here on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I am just so motivated by you and your story, and I'm glad you're here. I'm thrilled to be here. It's it's long overdue. I'm excited. It, it is. It is. Now you're in Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. In Franklin, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. And how long have you been there? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Okay. I moved here to go to nursing school. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. Well, and you have quite the story and I want to thank you and honor you for sharing it and you share it in wild and well and because of your book, this is, you know, one of the main reasons I want to I share you with my audience because it is so powerful, so well written, so powerful and you share such in such a vulnerable and authentic way your story, your journey. And when you've been through shit like this, right? It, it changes how you practice medicine. It really does change how you practice medicine. And so uh, for our audience today, we're going to hit on stress, adverse childhood experiences. We've talked about that in our last podcast a bit, but we're going to go deeper and address autoimmune issues and other issues that come up physically because of um, honestly, adverse childhood experiences and how that's leading into a generation of, of depression, anxiety, mood disorders, and increase in suicide. And Danny, you're on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, right? You bet I am. I'm on the board for them. And mm -hmm. phone calls to suicide crisis lines have gone up 800% since the pandemic. 800%. 800%. And phone calls to domestic violence lines have gone down, though, because the abusers in the home with their victim and they couldn't call last year when we were on lockdown. But at the 10 to 24 is the fastest growing uh, uh, population for suicide. Ten, ten, age 10 to 24. And, and, and and you're emphasizing 10 because under age 16, it's really rare. It used to be really rare, right? Under the teenages, that's 10, right. 11. I mean, that's unheard of. It is so exceptionally rare. So I, well, we're going to get into this. And for our audience, we are going to have an uplifting conversation. We are both strong faith-based women, and we know that God has created us for a purpose. And perhaps as it says in Esther, perhaps you've been created for such a time as this, Danny, and your yes. mission is to help and heal. And, and we're in this together. So sister, tell, tell us your story. Thank you. Well, man, let me tell you, I 100% grew up in a shithole of chaos. My grandfather had died by suicide. My mother attempted multiple times, was institutionalized when I was six weeks old for postpartum psychosis. I had chronic diarrhea from all the stress. Um, had my first colonoscopy at age 20. 
And um, 15 years later, I'm still struggling with all of this. I'm in a bad marriage. I've got lupus, was, have then been diagnosed with lupus, chronic itching. I was depressed. I was seeing doctor after doctor. And I had two little children. And I, I remembered the day that I was going to take my own life. And I remembered it as, as, as vivid as, as it was yesterday. And I was going to drive off the foot of Broadway in Paducah into the, to the river. And there was nothing anybody could do to stop me. I knew it. And I was laying in bed that morning and all of a sudden I hear mama, mama, get up, get up. And it was both my kids, Jackson and Ella, they were about four and five and they came busting in the bedroom ready to eat. And I just looked at them and I thought, gosh, I can't. I'm not leaving these kids with my ex-husband or husband at the time, Greg. And I fed the kid. I got up and I fed the kids. And it was like a year later, I'm a single mom. I'm on food stamps and a medical card. And I thought, what the heck am I going to do? And so I applied to nursing school. And not long after that, I was standing on the front porch and I got two letters in the mail, the first one said, congratulations, or not congratulations, you've qualified for 56 more dollars in food stamps this month, which was great. I was thrilled with that. The second letter said, congratulations, you're going to Vanderbilt, uh, nurse practitioner program, nurse midwifery and family practice is what I was, was in. And um, I was thrilled to death. So I packed up and moved and moved those kids. And uh, I am $196,000 in debt three years later with every, everything is worse. All of my conditions have seen doctor after doctor. And it was a job right after I graduated nursing school and a doctor, I had seen 10 doctors, 24 years of struggling. And Dr. Kalb looked at me one day and he said, Danny, what are you eating? Don't you know your diet controls your disease? Do you take enzymes and probiotics? And you know, went down the list. And do you know your food sensitivities? And I said, what are you talking about? No, I eat anything I want. I'm on food stamps. I had just gotten out of school. So I was still, and he said, well, let's figure it all out. Well, and, and one thing too, let's talk about what those food stamps cover. Yeah. Right? Isn't it like, it's um, terrible. Well, first of all, let me honor you for just being a survivor and being so resilient that your spirit's resilient and your two little angels that yes. jumped into your bed with you. Yes. And, um, and gave you that second resolution to live. And I'm, I'm yeah. thankful. It's that. overwhelming when I think about it now, how close I was, because it really is overwhelming. And yes, resiliency. So you got a choice. You lay down or you can get up. And I chose to get up. And, and so when Dan Cal said that to me, we checked my food sensitivities. It changed the entire trajectory of my career because I had no idea. I had seen four gastroenterologists, four colonoscopies before the age of 40. Not one gastroenterologist looked at me and said, Danny, what are you eating? You need to lay off the Betty Crocker canned icing that I would eat because I didn't do drugs and I didn't smoke, but I had, that was like my crack and I would okay. be so stressed out. Yeah. And so that turned my whole world around, changed my life, healed my gut, no lupus medication, no IBS medication. I mean, I had horrible, irritable. How old were you when this was happening? 44. I was 44 years old when I got out of nursing school. And so I was 44. I'm 55 now. And, Me too. and so that 
conversation with him changed everything for me. And I hope the trajectory of my life, my patients' lives, my children's lives, the next generation of patients in my life. And that's how I did it. I, I healed my body. I, I, I healed the inflammation in my body by changing my diet. And it has set me on a trajectory that I was never taught in school. I was never taught you weren't born with heartburn. You weren't born with lupus. You weren't born with depression or suicidal Dini. You can reverse whatever it is you've turned on through years of chronic dysfunction. Uh, and so I, I am going to preach it from the mountaintops till the day I die. I mean, I still practice full time. And so, and that's how I work with my patients every day is look, I was down here where you are. I know what it's like to be down there. And I know what it's like to feel as good as I feel now. And I will never go back there again. Yeah. Ever. Ever. And I know that because you are, you are just a ball of energy and positivity <laughs> and healing. Oh my gosh. We've had so many good times together. Yes, we have. So Danny, let's, let's break this down. Okay. I really want to go back and break this down. We talk about adverse childhood experiences right? and we label those as ACEs. I yes. want to talk about that a little bit more and, and then talk about the adult consequences of those experiences, but we're not, uh, you know, it doesn't define us. And you know, that that's, that's, a, and you, you say it too. And I, I love to say that our, our story you know, telling our story is, is healing and it becomes itself. It's no longer that, you know, that emotional stronghold that it can have on us. So but let's, let's talk a little bit about adverse childhood experiences, what they are, you know, and, and how that led to the depression and suicidal ideation, those, the physiologic effects of that, because we don't think like something that happened can actually affect our wiring. And it, and it does. You bet. Well, you know, I, I grew up in a stressful household, but when I was, my mom was married three times and, you know, my mom has Alzheimer's now, which is, is unfortunate. And, but she married a man, her second husband was a child molester. And oh uh, I told my mom about it. And so anyway, I didn't know if she believed me or not, but she left him. And the last time I ever saw him was the night the police came there. But my mother looked at me one day when I was 13 years old, square in the eye. And she said, you caused me to lose the only man I've ever loved. Wow. Not, so, so that molestation was swept under the rug immediately. So that's a piece. And then she married a third husband who was abusive and all that verbally and physically. And so, so growing up in that, of course, I started off with and now that I've done my adverse childhood experience score, my score is a six. Well, we know that if you have a score of four or above, you know, your, your risk of, of dying from a heart attack or stroke or suicide. I mean, my, my lifespan should be 20 years shorter than someone with an adverse childhood experience score of one. Wow. And I didn't learn about adverse childhood experience score ex ACEs in school. I'm assuming you didn't. In school, we had to learn no, this. No, that's no, this right. Is, uh, yeah, this is over the last 20 years. And when I realized, whoa, I'm seeing the sickest of the sickest in my clinic with autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is the bulk of my practice. But then I've got all this other autoimmune, and, I'm, and I learned about adverse childhood experiences. Mine was the same aha that Dr. Folletti's was. 
1980, whenever he did this study, I can't remember exactly when it was, when he realized that his patients all had some sort of childhood trauma. And when I realized that and started giving this test out, this quiz out to every single patient in my office, it's unbelievable to me how high the scores are. Wow. Six, seven, eight, nine. I had a nine a couple of weeks ago. I have what had was their, What were their one. conditions? Oh my Lord. Well, I had a 10. So let me tell you about that. Suicidal every. Okay. How old? Give me the clinical presentation. She, you know. She's in her sixties. She never knew about adverse childhood experiences. And she sobbed when she, she did this for me. And I mean, every single one was, was so this is a quiz you're giving out. Is it something I give out can the download and is there a website where people can take it? You can type in the adverse childhood experience questionnaire. It's free online. Okay. Okay. NPR has one on there. Um, it's free. And I would recommend everyone take that quiz. And what they, I mean, you know that you had a, you had a show on ACEs. I must've missed it or have it, or maybe it's not out yet. Um, did they go through the history of it and how? No, not at all. We just mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. So, because I knew we had our call coming up. So. Okay. Okay. So, Dr. Filetti in San Diego, California had a weight loss clinic. He's an internal medicine doc, and he had a huge weight loss clinic where they were literally losing 100, 200, 300 pounds. This isn't like 10 pound thing. He noticed that 50% of the participants in his weight loss clinic were dropping out, dropping out after losing a hundred pounds, 200 pounds. So he started calling people in. They ended up with, I think it was like 286 people that he called back in that had dropped out of the program. One day he's asking a patient about her history and he misspoke and he said, how old were you when you first had sex? No. Yeah, that's it. How old were you? No, I'm a line. I'm lying to you. How much did you weigh when you first had sex? He misspoke. He meant, and, and she said 40 pounds, 40 pounds. He said, what? And she said 40 pounds. And he said, I'm sorry. I asked the wrong question. How old were you when you first had sex? And she said, four years old. It was my father. Uh, he thought he was horrified and he thought that he had only had one case of incest in his 23 years of practicing at that point. He, he'd never heard of anything like this. And so as he kept interviewing more and more patients, it was the same story over and over. They had been raped. They had been molested. They had had childhood trauma. So he asked his partners to come in because he thought maybe he was leading these patients into some, this kind of question, same answers. And what they discovered was that the majority of those patients, every single one of them had all had childhood trauma. And when they would, the reason they, many of them that were dropping out of the program was because once they started getting noticed again, triggered, it triggered it. It's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And so one patient said, overweight is overlooked. And that is the way I need to be. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
So as they continued on, well, then he said, what in the world? So this was about sex, right? This was about um, sex. They, then they started asking about, you know, was your, were your family members in prison? Did you feel unloved? Were you hit? Were, did somebody, was somebody an alcoholic? Did your patients get divorced? And of course, the adverse childhood experience questionnaire is broken down in all of those categories, 10 questions. And they, it was like 60% of the population that they were doing had adverse childhood experiences. This was a middle class to upper middle class, college educated, age 56.1 was the average age. Mm-hmm. This, this, the, the population. So, and, and un, likely unresolved trauma, but so that's how the ACEs score. That's how it started. Out. Yes. And he took it to the CDC, he took it to like the American, I mean, he took it to all these different academies and they all poo-pooed him, just poo-pooed him. But somebody from the CDC met up with him and that's how it became the largest study ever on childhood trauma, over 17,000 participants in it. And again, it was mainly middle-class, white, older uh, participants. So what, so, so what he said is, can you imagine this, this crosses every zip code and it's probably higher Absolutely. in other communities, you bet. And they didn't, they didn't talk about, you know, mental, mental health in it. They didn't talk about maybe lesbian, gay, any of that. I mean, it was just straight up those 10 questions and what they have discovered after this. And it's been 20, 30 something years now is that what happens to you before the age of 18 can set you up for a lifetime of chronic lifestyle diseases and depression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety, depression. Every single chronic lifestyle disease is increased the higher your ACE score is. Every single one, your chance of having um, a chronic lifestyle disease, something you weren't born with, right? Right. If you have a score, 67% of the 17,000 that they interviewed have, a, have at least one ACE. 12 12.6% 12. have four or more ACEs. And then the list just goes on and on and on. If you have a score above four, you drastically increase your risk of seven out of 10 of the top leading causes of death in the United States. Wow. And when you said you should be dead 20 years before your life's, you know, your, your lifespan, that's because your number of ACEs were six. So there's a correlation with earlier earlier death. A person with four or more is 12.2 times more likely to attempt suicide. Wow. 10, uh, four or more, 10.3 times more likely to use injection drugs. Seven and a half, 7.4 times more likely to be an alcoholic. It's, it's heartbreaking. We've missed it. Every single nurse practitioner program, medical school program, DO program, my son's in DO school right now, first year. I hope to goodness they, they, they are teaching this now. Every PA school, every, every school had missed it. The American Academy of Pediatrics, I think Dr. Block or Dr. Black, he used to be the president, he said that adverse childhood experiences or the single most public health crisis we have in the United States. 
Wow. We need to educate our parents and our providers on this the exact same way that we educated them about putting your baby on your back on the back, right? For SIDS. Um, uh, covering up your outlets in the house. Every single pediatrician needs to be offering this questionnaire. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think those are powerful. I mean, it's powerful questions. I don't know if you can go through the 10 questions with us, Danny, if you have that in front of you. Oh but... my goodness. I don't have it right in front of me. That's uh, okay. I don't, but I can pull it up for sure. Do you know that women are 50% more likely than men to have an ACE greater than five? 50% 50, more. 50%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And, you know, one of the things like we look at correlations, right? Stress increases cortisol, chronic stress, unresolved stress, adverse childhood experiences. And cortisol is the key that unlocks the door, so to speak, to membranes, right? So we have a leaky gut, leaky heart, right? Cardiovascular disease, leaky gut, GI issues, inflammatory issues, rheumatoid, blah, 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 all of that. And then leaky brain, increased risk of dementia and Alzheimer's and your mom's suffering with Alzheimer's now. And so you think with women also have a significantly increased risk of Alzheimer's. And so, you know, there's a lot of confounding variables here. There's a lot of pieces to this. And that's why holistic medicine, functional medicine, empowering the individual with books like yours and mine to really help you know, uncover your own, you know, what are the, you know, what are the blockages energetic? I mean, those are energetic blocks. It, it creates a, um, a physiologic response. And I, I really give the example when we've had a trauma in our lives, like I've suffered with PTSD, as you know, and, and so converting PTSD to PTS growth, right? Post-traumatic growth and uh, post-traumatic resilience. But the issue is like, you know, we know, I mean, this is how fast things wire. We, we know when someone has a seizure and I have a daughter with seizure disorder, if you have one seizure, we're like, okay, well maybe she's not gonna have another seizure, MRI is negative, EEG is, you know, looks fine. Maybe she's not gonna have another seizure, but second seizure, we know you're gonna have a third seizure. That's how quick this path gets paved in our brain. And when we live something, it's, it's triggered. And then there are other affiliating triggers that's constantly pulsing these stress hormones. And when cortisol is high chronically, I mean, we know, I mean, if you just give asthmatics chronic steroids, they're going to have an increased risk of autoimmune disease. That's so we exactly can do it right. naturally, or we can do it through, you know, external steroids. That, and that is exactly right. And they never get the opportunity before the age of 18. Think about this. They're not even developed yet. And they never get the opportunity for that cortisol level to drop, to go down. That bear is constantly coming through the front door. I mean, it's like bullies at school. Um, you know, it's every time they go through, through this front school door or the door at school and that bully's there. I mean, those kids, you, that HPA axis never gets a chance to, to calm to be down and, yeah. well and we can see it with heart rate variability and this you is bet. something you parents bet. you can do for your children i used to monitor this in, in some of my teens especially if they had you know really any issue they were coming to see me for i would do a heart rate variability and those like high level stress pattern low variability low variability and and we can do something about all this you guys we're going to get into some solutions in a little bit but let's let's got the questionnaire right in the book for crying I, out I thought you did. I, 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 I thought you did. I forgot about that. Okay. Yes. So the, the questions, right? Yeah. Before your 18th birthday. Wait, what page are they on so people um, can make note and then go 30. right to page, page 30. 30. Okay. Page 30. I'm, I'm going to page 30 myself okay. right now. 
Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt? That's one. Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you? or ever struck you that you had marks or were injured? Did an adult or a person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touched their body in a sexual way or attempt or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? I can't tell you how many women and men write yes on that or check that box. Did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other or support each other? Did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, you had to wear dirty clothes or you had no one to protect you or your parents were too drunk or too high to take care of you, take you to the doctor if you needed it? Was a biological parent ever lost to you through divorce, abandonment, or other reasons? Was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard? Or ever repeatedly hit or threatened with a gun or a knife? Did you live with anyone who is a problem drinker or alcoholic or used drugs, street drugs? Was your household, was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? Did a household member go to prison? Those are your 10 questions. They broke it down to those 10. There were a lot more they could have asked. Right? They, they, are. they broke it to these 10. I haven't decided if I have two and a half or three that's pretty dang good figuring you know out. yeah but like reading through this it's uh, those things sometimes you grow up with things that you think are just normal but they're not right that's exactly right and 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 so the drinking is a big one that i have in the office i have a lot of patients who who say, you know, there was an alcoholic in the household uh, and a lot who say, you know, they didn't feel, feel that people looked out for them. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. There are ones that are over and over the same parents divorced. That's real often. Um, it's real rare to have a patient with a zero. It, they're there and I've had them, but it's real rare to have one. Isn't that something? That is something that is something. And I think about, you know, like in uh, being a single mom. And so both you and I have that in common, being a single mom, raising our children, you know, I'm raising my youngest uh, and now still <laughs> years is off to med school. Congratulations. What a good accomplishment. And, um, and so just thinking, okay, the things that I do say, it's like be impeccable with your word. You know, that is one of the four agreements. And it's so important to really be impeccable with your word and, um, and, and, you know, living a life that, that you want them to live and be proud of and remember. And it's like, there are so many challenges. And um, well, as a single mother, I've said things 
that I regret. So when I was struggling so hard and in school and your words, you can never take back. So I know I cut hard and cut deep there. And, you know, I can't, all I can do is make up for it now and apologize, but it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's underlooked. And I challenge every single healthcare provider out there to offer this in their new patient paperwork. I put it in every new patient packet packet. Now it's before you see me, you have your adverse childhood experiences questionnaire taken care of because I practiced medicine for a decade almost and never asked, never asked. I never knew, you know, I never knew. And so it was like breast implant illness for me. You know, I never knew. What did I know about breast implant? Nobody ever talked to me about that. That's in my new patient paperwork also, but this is way more important. Wow. Yeah. And the, the, and you write in your book, the just number of diseases associated with adverse childhood experiences associated with stress, chronic stress. And I want to, I want to shift and we want to talk about treatment approaches as an expert in this field and working with this, you know, population. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, Oh God, you know, I mean, my heart goes out to you. It's hard. I know for me, you know, like being the confidant for patients. I mean, it is, it is a process and continuing to keep ourselves healthy and energetically healthy as you, as we do this. And as you do this, so let's talk about, you know, I want to go through, I know you give the six steps in detail in the book, but what can we do now to get started? Cause we've definitely triggered some people that are listening and I want to honor you because, you know, just reading through that questionnaire, I know there were things that popped into my mind that I haven't thought about in years. And then there's something like, well, was he really, did he really drink too much? I mean, did they really count? I mean, was, you know, like, what was, you know, what, what what's that issue? you, you know, and, and just thinking, thinking that through. And, and so there's, there's some triggering that we've just experienced right now, for sure. And I just want to honor everyone who's listening. You guys, you're not alone. We're going to take you to the other side of this and start healing right now and giving you steps of empowerment. So um, Danny, help us with this. Well, and I agree with you completely. You're not alone, whoever's listening to this. And if you are triggered, I'm sorry, But then I'm also not because you just got an opportunity to dig deep and to start realizing and and, and believing, you know, you're not broken. None of this was your fault. And if you've turned an autoimmune disease on or some sort of chronic lifestyle disease, we can start turning that back now, maybe turn it off for sure decrease it greatly. And I start with diet. I start with diet. You know, what's at the end of your fork? is extremely powerful. And I'm a big believer in, in therapy and counseling as well, because if something was triggered here and your therapist or your counselor counselor has never asked you about these, I would say, take that in and then let's start working on that. I'm a big believer and I spend a lot of time in EMDR right? you doing um, EMDR treatment. And emotional freedom technique. I mean, I think that's something people can do right now as you're listening. I am such a believer in tapping. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so if it's bringing up problems, absolutely tapping for sure. But diet, eating well, sleeping well, your body heals when you sleep, right? You heal when you sleep. 
um, moving well, you need to move. We've got to move our body. I don't care what you do. I just got a puppy four days ago. Now I'm moving again. I mean, I already moved, but uh, you've got to move well and you feel better when you move. God designed our bodies to move. We have and to. Mm -hmm. You bet. And you've got to poop well, right? And that's huge. And we got to get you pooping. And if you're locked down there, then that is absolutely, you know, we can't tolerate that. We've got to get your bowels moving. But when you eat well and sleep well and move well, guess what? You poop well or better as well. And we need to decrease. Well, and let's really clarify that because this is one of my questions on my questionnaires in my clinic. You know, it was that, um, you know, are you constipated? And many people would say no, but I would ask, you know, because symptom wise, I'm like, well, when was, how often do you have your bowel movement? That was the follow-up question. It was like, oh, once a week. I'm like, you're constipated. But it, it's so, so normal. It's so normal. They don't think about it, but let me tell you, it is, you know, I mean, I would follow up, you know, do you have to put your fingers in your vagina to have a bowel movement? I mean, there's extremes to this and this, this constipation, you know, I mean, that, I mean, I, I grew up constipated with a dairy sensitivity. If I eat any dairy, I have like, I have one to two bowel movements on a daily basis. Now y'all that is normal and healthy. Yes. We want yes. that brown well, rod and bananas type bowel movements, right? That's exactly right. But if I have dairy, it's constipation, no bowel movement for maybe three days. So, you know, so it's really important to recognize what those food triggers, right? You know, nutrition, healing nutrition starts in the key. gut. It starts and in the gut. I'm 80% of like, it starts in the gut. And, I tell and if you're not pooping well, you're reabsorbing those toxins adding to hormone are. instability. That's exactly correct. I tell patients you should poop like your dog. They eat and they go and poop not much longer. They poop a couple of times a day and they're thrilled to death about it. And this dog I've just witnessed, he's pooping multiple times a day. I'm like, that is what we want right there. But eating well leads to pooping well. And I think many people don't think they eat poorly and they do. They think they're eating healthy. And I tell patients every day, I'm not recreating the wheel here, asking you to eat one ingredient, God made food. Daniel, Daniel is the original one 2000 years ago who said, we're not eating that. We're not eating the food of the king's palace, which for them is what dairy and meat. They ate pulse, they ate vegetables and seeds and water for 10 days. Guess who came out the strongest warriors? Mm -hmm. Daniel and his crew did. Right. And so I'm not, this is not new news. This is old news. But, you know, we could talk for hours about your diet and about an inflammatory diet. And I grew up eating whatever I wanted, right? Processed, packaged, bad, canned, fake, man-made food. We also had a garden. But, but your diet controls your health. It controls, in my opinion, it controls 90% of everything going on with you. And, and if you're eating fast food, processed, packaged food, if somebody else is making your food in a, in a plant somewhere or you're getting it out of a drive-thru, you are creating systemic inflammation in your body. And we can't heal. You know this. You can't heal the depression. You can't heal the anxiety. You can't heal the OCD, the ADD, the ADHD, the bipolar, schizophrenia, any of it. If you, if you don't decrease the inflammation in your body, inflammation is the devil straight up. It is. <laughs> And that's and one so, of your chapter titles in here. It is. Yeah. I have a course online called Inflammation is the Devil. And it is. It's the root of every chronic lifestyle disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would say, you know, over 90% is caused by inflammation and hormone imbalance. You bet it and is. It's probably 99% for sure. 
And then, you know, many of these people are so stressed out, right? You have to decrease stress and we have to have community. These are all things for me that help bring this back together. Many of these people with elevated, with high adverse childhood experience scores, they don't have any community. They, they're, they're in where they're withdrawn and they have no community and people heal when they have community, right? Jesus had incredible community. Well, he had 12 that were just regular humans like us, all flawed and all that. But, it, but, you know, and then inside that community, he had fewer, you know, he had deeper roots inside that community. And, and I'm a big believer that you heal when you have community. Absolutely. And that is one of the longevity factors. Yes, we're very isolated. We're very lonely. And look what 2019, 2020 has done to us and 2021. You know, we are the, we are so isolated. We are not designed to live in isolation. We have to reach out. And that's where like the, again, to promote that, you know, social interaction, right? And so it was, it was termed for demonization right from the beginning. And I, and I don't use that word lightly ever, but, you know, social distancing. No, it's physical distancing, not social. Why are you socially distancing us apart from our brothers, sisters, friends? Why are you socially distancing us? I mean, it really is, it's a, it was a bad choice, terrible choice of word from the beginning, but physical distancing, because we heal in community, we heal in connection, we heal with giving charity and helping each other. And, and you're involved in so many charities and that's a big part of, a big part of, of, of healing too. It's, it's, like, you know, I'm involved, I'm on the you know, boards of, of some charities that I just am so passionate about. And it's, it's a, you know, it, it feeds my soul. It you feeds my it soul. And when you give back, I mean, it takes your mind off of your problems. I mean, it doesn't eliminate your problems, but it just, oh, it's increases oxytocin, y'all, the most powerful hormone, healing hormone in our body. And talking about community last year, I've got this little neighborhood I live in here. We all know each other. We all know each other. We love each other, but we never really knew each other until COVID. So in March of last year, my neighbor and I decided to just do a socially distanced cookout every Saturday. Let me tell you what happened from April until now. We're still doing it. We have it. We'll have it Sunday. My community became a real community. My neighborhood became a community. I actually wow. officiated a wedding we, that got married. Our neighbors got married right here in our front yard, my front yard Aww. right here. And they, I started it off talking about the power of community and what happened during COVID for my community. And I shared it on social media every week. I can't tell you how many people in Franklin, Tennessee would come up to me and say, we watch your Facebook lives from your, from your neighborhood cookout every week. We're doing cookouts in our neighborhood now. And we did it socially distanced. And then as we went, our circle got tighter, just like community does, tighter and tighter. Literally, physically, our, our chairs got closer together. And it, it, it has been the, it's probably been the single greatest thing that I have done in a long time which is cultivate that community and they don't meet I love that idea. they don't meet if i'm not here now that's wrong they should but everybody needs a ringleader right so be i challenge every one of your listeners be the ringleader i start love it community. start it you be the one who say even if one neighbor shows up who cares and then they'll get curious and yeah yeah communities is key and stress decreasing stress what we went through before the age of 18 
created chronic stress, toxic stress in our life. But as adults, I tell women every day, you have to automate, eliminate, and delegate everything in your life that is creating stress for you. We are warriors. We are survivors. We are resilient, but we are exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And you can't heal when you're exhausted. And I tell them, you get cut out everything that's not serving you and your little family at all. You don't have to say yes to anything you don't want to. You don't have to host the family dinner. You, and for sure, you don't have to if that causes you stress. You can also cut the soul suckers out of your life. There's nothing wrong with that. And I've done that, you know, the last five years and my life is better. You can automate everything you can, your groceries, your bill pay, everything. Keep it simple. AED, automate, eliminate, delegate. And that's what the life support right there, your AED. Uh, you know, I like that. I like that. Automate, eliminate, and delegate. So, Danny, when you realized this, you started doing a very holistic eating pattern, eliminating gluten, and 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 how did you go through these these six steps yourself, and how do you take patients through them now? Well, I take them through. We offer a class before our off before they see me actually called six steps to healing that gets them kick started. It took me years because remember I was just out of school. Dan Kalb told me, he said, if you're going to do this and ask your patients to do this, you better walk the walk. We are so emotionally connected to food. You know that it is very difficult to change someone's diet. It is. But I, I, I personally and offer to my patients, I do food sensitivity testing. And I know there's a lot of controversy on that. And I use a great company I love. And, I, and that puts it right in front of their face, right there in mm -hmm. green and red. Mm -hmm. Many people need to see that. And that's a big motivator. That's how I did. And I just did it one thing at a time. One thing at a time, I started checking off, taking better care of myself, putting myself first. Who does that? Nobody. Putting my oxygen mask on first, not so I could help my children be better, but so that I could be 150% because I'm worthy to be 150%. This stuff takes time. And we have to reset our wiring in our head because if we came from a traumatic childhood, we don't believe we're worthy or we're, we, we, that we deserve we don't believe we deserve to be 100%. And every single one of you deserve to be 150%. And when you're 150%, everything in your life trickles down to be better. The children mm -hmm, are better. You energy. don't do it to make the children better. You do it because you're, and when mama, we, we may not, now you and I are the head of the household, but as a rule, biblically, we are not the head of the household if we're married, right? But we set the moral tone for the family. And I know that. And, and when mom is exhausted, full of inflammation, can't sleep, can't poop, doesn't really like her husband, all the things are going wrong, the entire family suffers. It's true. Absolutely right. Right. Until I, I'm a, I'm a big myself. believer. You bet. I'm you a big believer in therapy as well. Yeah. 
big yeah. believer and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You know, when I was on 10 care, which is Medicaid, I suppose, I don't know what, you know, we 10 care. We have no money. You're on food stamps and 10 care. That was the best insurance I've ever had in my life. So I know that uh, any sort of state aid, they, they pay for therapy. They pay for counseling. Now you may have to find the right counselor, but if you are struggling and you're not, you know, financially, uh, well off. There are lots of places for sliding scale fees. Many people don't ask though. They don't ask, do you have a sliding scale fee? Absolutely. Maybe they do. Yeah. I'm a big believer in finding a therapist, a counselor, psychiatrist, somebody that holds your feet to the fire and helps you work through that trauma because hurt people hurt people. Mm. And until we get this trauma sorted through, in our own lives, we just create more trauma down the line for generations. And I'm thrilled to death to, that I, at 50 something, I learned about this because I am on a mission to help my patients reverse whatever happened to them before the age of 18 and now what's happened to them afterwards, um, disease process wise. Yeah. And you're doing it. You're doing it. And this book is a, is a great stepping stone, a great place to start. The six steps, eat well, sleep well, move well, poop well, de-stress well, commune well. And, and it's powerfully written and illustrated in Wild and Well by Danny Williamson. And so D-A-N-I. So your website, Danny? DannyWilliamson.com. Okay, good, 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 good. Nice and easy. I forgot, I didn't know if FNP was behind there or not. So no. mm -hmm. get it. and um, yeah, a, a great book, um, you know, excellent. It's common sense, practical medicine. And that's how I practice medicine. I'm smart, but I'm not the smartest one in the, in the toolbox over there, you know, but I am a common sense person. And I just think we overcomplicate this and providers do. And many times, and you know, they talk, down to patients or they make it where they can't understand i need to be i wrote this book so that the girl the person from uh, you know rural western kentucky where i'm from who may not have gotten to graduate high school i mean who knows to the person at cambridge at harvard could understand that book and understand that whoa garbage in equals garbage out oh my gosh you know i wrote it for everyone um but really it's, you know, for the lay person who wants to feel better, who's been told for decades, there's nothing we can do. Here's your Nexium, take your Prozac. And you may need Nexium and you may need Prozac. I'm not saying you don't, but I, I've been, I, you, th those are not, we weren't born needing Nexium. No, no, for sure. And again, like understanding the underlying reasons and getting you off of it, because technically Nexium shouldn't be prescribed for more than eight weeks. Oh yeah, I had a patient, you know, 14 years, been on it 14 years, 14 years. Yeah, unacceptable. So Danny, let's um, go through a case presentation, like close this out with a, uh, a case of like the maybe the 66 year old patient with the a score of 10 or a patient that you know you've turned around and um and what's happened as a result of this this um implementation it's different than that one but i i have another patient who is morbidly obese she came to me with a file three inches thick she had been in multiple um um um, psych units, multiple hospitals, psychiatric hospitals for suicide. 
uh, suicidal attempts. She morbidly obese, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, she's diabetic, uh, anxiety, depression, she's diagnosed bipolar. Her adverse childhood experience questionnaire was nine. Morbidly obese when she came in, over 300 and something pounds. She had never had that. She's been in multiple psych hospitals. She had never seen that questionnaire before. I just saw her, just saw her like maybe three weeks ago. She's still overweight. She has lost weight though. She came in smiling. So I've seen her three times. She came in smiling and I said, girl, what's going on? She said, man, I feel good. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm so much better than I was. She had no idea that food could heal you or kill you. So we're really working on healing her gut. I'm not taking her down on any medicine, but she's come down on two medications herself with her, with her psychiatrist because she's on a lot of medication, a lot of medication. And this girl between addressing her adverse childhood experiences, finding out what her food sensitivities are, talking to her about electromagnetic fields in her bedroom, all of that movement. Now she can only move about six, six minutes, seven minutes now. I mean, but she's better, but she went camping. She was smiling from ear to ear. She said, Danny, I spent the weekend in the woods on the ground in a tent. And she read my mind. And I was thinking, how in the world she do that? She goes, I did it. I got down on the ground because she's a big old girl. She's so precious. She said, I felt so good in the woods. I said, well, you know, I'm a big believer in earthing and grounding and you went truly forest bathing. She said, I've been earthing at home because you told me to. It's amazing. It's been wow. six months. She's nowhere near where she needs to be, but we addressed every little issue and she now knows that what happened to her before the age of 18 set her up on the spiral that should have been addressed 15 years ago, but it's never too late. She's only in her thirties. She also witnessed her husband die. Now that was after the age of 18, but she was with him when he fell off of a truck and he, pa he passed away. And so she had that on top of it. And yeah, she is, she, her blood pressure is regulating. Her blood sugar is regulating. Her entire world is turning around slowly. That's awesome. It's a step at a time, right? It's a healing step at a time. It's about consistency. All of our life is about consistency. Writing those books written, writing that book I wrote, that was all consistency. And so she will not be going around this same mountain for the rest of her life. By the time she's my age, and hopefully I might be retired, she's going to be a completely different person. And she's going to, she's on the road to recovery. That is that I am so happy for her right now. I, yes. So that sets off a cascade. The plan works. Yeah, for sure. And that sets off a cascade of healing for those around you. Like, yes. hey, what are you doing? What's going on? You're happier. I would say the best compliment I get is, is you look so healthy, right? You look so healthy. And I got to tell you this, Danny, I know we're going to go off the subject, y'all. We're having some girlfriend conversation right now. But, um, you know, Danny, I love your hair. You've got the best hair ever. And so, you know, I always love your hair. And I was just at the hairdresser earlier today, just for a blowout to do that once a uh, couple times a month. 
And so this woman sitting next to me, she goes, is that all your hair or is it extensions? And I'm like, oh no, it's all my hair. And she goes, it's so beautiful. I'm so envious. And you know, it was so funny. I was like, oh, thank you. You know, like that's a sign of good health. I mean, our hair is a sign of good health. And she has a beautiful blonde young lady, probably in her thirties. And you know, just, just has all these extensions and I'm like, Oh, nope, all mine. Cause uh, yeah, I just love that. So yes. Yeah. Well, your hair is beautiful, but it but does healthy. It starts from the gut out. Healthy. Healthiness, right? That's what we yeah. want. We want healthiness. That's right. We want you to be vibrant. We want you to be healthy and you can be, that's the thing. Dr. No Kubeck age limit, books. no age limit, no age limits. We're aging backwards. We are Benjamin buttons. I look at pictures <laughs> of me now at 55 versus when I was 45, I look so much better. I found a picture of me. I don't, I don't know where it is at the clinic uh, 10 years ago. I swear to you, I look 55. I was 44. I was, and I have in my hand, a big tub of cottage cheese. What? If I ate cottage cheese now, I would die. My joints would swell up like little piggies. I can't eat dairy. Um, dairy. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's All my recipes are dairy free. But it's slow. It's not fast. But the, the the second you start to see some changes from the the some improvement in your health from the changes you're making, you don't want to go back to where you were. Right. I may cheat every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be something good though. I'm not going to cheat with a Krispy Kreme donut. But I, it's going to be something really, really. Grand Marnier souffle. Just you that. bet. But I am not going back to where I was. I am never going back there. And I am living proof that you can reverse anything that's going on with you. You can dial it down. You can turn it down. You can, maybe you can reverse it 100%. I'm on nothing but low dose naltrexone and progesterone prescription wise. I don't take anything anymore. And um, okay, let's talk it. about we're going to take a minute. I know. Uh is talk about low dose naltrexone because that is a power that is there's so much good stuff and i used actually one of my joy gel formulas had i used naltrexone in it too to help with lubrication orgasm things like that but um uh, you know, I'll give you that for, but that's not in our Julva, right? Cause I that's use not, that. Julva. It's not in Julva. No, no. It was oh, in okay. a prescription cause it's only okay, available. Okay. Prescription. I was going to say, if yeah. I ever do use it again down there, I'm going to be ready. Cause I'm using your Julva. Oh, okay. oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, low dose naltrexone. I've been on it for nine years for the lupus for, um, naltrexone, you know, in the eighties, it was discovered in, or the low dose was, um, that it blocks pain receptors between two and four in the morning at night. It tricks your body into making 300% or three times more endorphins the next day. And as your endorphins go up, your inflammation goes down. Your weight often goes down as well, right? Well, Butrim put it in their antidepressant about five or six years ago and renamed it Contrave for weight loss. But so it does have an appetite suppressing uh, part to it. It is unbelievable for inflammation, for chronic pain, right? It is an autoimmune disease. 99.9% .9 of my patients are on low dose naltrexone, 1.5 up to 4.5 milligrams. There's a huge misconception with LDN in the medical field, in the allopathic medical field. I've got doctors who've taken 
patients off of my low dose naltrexone or told them, no, 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 that's only for drug addicts or if you're overdose and, and they'd have no idea what they're talking about. This is teeny tiny doses and Dr. Bahari, Dr. Bahari discovered it in the 80s that it stopped HIV patients from dropping down into AIDS mm. by modulating that immune system. And he was like, what? He was tinkering around with it in the city. And sure enough, it does. It stops the inflammatory process and it decreases inflammation in your body. It's fascinating. My patients who are on low-dose naltrexone who have gotten COVID have done much better with COVID. In fact, I got COVID. I mean, it's hard. It was real hard. Uh, but, you know, I think LDN definitely helped me through that inflammatory process. Do you increase it, your dose at all during that? I do 1.5 to 3 to 4.5. With I the rarely COVID? Go, I did not, and I probably should have. I was okay. so exhausted and my head hurt so badly during COVID that um, I, I wasn't thinking clearly. I just, I just kept taking it every night. But I, if I miss it, I can tell yeah. that my, my joints hurt, even though my inflammation is down in my body and I don't eat my food sensitivities and things that make my joints hurt. I, it, it works beautifully. I went to the international conference in Scotland on low-dose naltrexone about three years ago. I don't, I, I won't, I don't plan on ever coming off of it. It has so many indications, fertility, some of my, over in, I don't know if it's Switzerland or Sweden, you know, they're using it in fertility clinics over there. I mean, it is an, it's a game changer for most people. And I'm thrilled that you put it in your joy, joy gel. That was joy, prescription only joy gel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> prescription only. Yeah. Just a, a, a arginine, uh, you know, a couple other ingredients and some low dose uh, naltrexone. So that was, you know, just, and it just really, it just made a difference. I mean, it was really nice called my joy gel, but, um, bet it but yeah, that's prescription only. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> so it is, uh, it is. But, but ask your healthcare provider about it. Those of you that see a functional medicine provider, for sure, ask yeah. them about low dose naltrexone if you haven't been, because, and if you just research low dose naltrexone and autoimmune or whatever it is you have going on, yeah. Well, and one thing to do for our audience, because I always get questions, where do I find a functional medicine practitioner? You can go to ifm.org, but also call your compounding pharmacy in your area and ask them who is writing your good hormones, who's doing the best with hormones, who's doing the best with low-dose naltrexone. And y'all, you can have that pharmacy call my pharmacy in Georgia uh, uh, that I use and my joy gel um, order is on on the archives so at seaside pharmacy in brunswick georgia and they'll give your pharmacist that that joy gel combination or you can they can uh transfer your prescription to them and they'll mail you joy gel if that's something you guys want for increased orgasm and extra fun but well, hey now that i've got Jolva, i'm good <laughs> nobody ever complained about increased orgasms i've never right. had a patient say dang i wish i hadn't had the orgasm I yeah mean, yeah for sure so right i want that prescription but i am telling you i had no idea that you said that about compounding pharmacies i tell my patients that they call the office all the time where can we find somebody you know like danny and i, I tell people every day call your local compounding pharmacy Absolutely. they know who's the top of the line i think even more so than ifm now Absolutely. Because 
Okay. So, because I never really say that. And plus in your area, but yeah, because, you know, I don't think, you know, plus you'll, you'll miss someone who's not on the IFM website and and finding, finding out. And plus the pharmacy, because they have to go in for the, you know, who looks healthier. You've seen their transition, you know, and, and that's how, I mean, I mean, that's just game changing. So look at that beautiful therapy dog right there. A bundle, that is what we call in my world, a bundle of oxytocin. He is, his name oxytocin. is Edwin. And for those of you that are listening and not watching, she is holding up her uh, seven week old black poodle. It is just adorable. He's standard going to the, to the office every day. I should have done a, I should have had a standard poodle or a pup in the office seven years ago. It's, he's only been there three days. But it has been unbelievable for office morale and the oh, patients because what a they get so stressed. Yeah, Absolutely. oxytocin immediately goes oxytocin up. Oxytocin immediately, the most powerful hormone in our body. Danny, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for being on with me today and and with our audience. And I know this is a labor of love to write a book. I know how hard this is, and this is amazing. So wild and well. And for those of you who are listening, I encourage you to hop over to our YouTube channel because it is just great to see Danny in person. I mean, it really is. And just see her energy. But you can also follow her on Instagram and social media. So check out her website. Danny Williamson, D-A-N-I Williamson.com. Check out her book, Wild and Well. It's available everywhere books are sold. And um, and leave your comments and share and, and subscribe and get the notifications when you're on YouTube because it does, it you'll hear first before we announce it in our newsletters or otherwise when a new podcast is up. So I want to thank you, Danny, again, for being here with us. I want to thank everyone in our Girlfriend Doctor community for being here and listening and sharing and giving me your feedback. Remember, uh, there is no such thing as TMI. You can tell or ask me anything, and I'm here to help women before, during, and after menopause and the men who love them really transition into the best health possible so that we are nourishing our body or mind or spirit, embracing those we love and the little puppies in our lives and all those good things and really awakening to our full potential while we shine from the inside out. So uh, thank you all for being here until next time on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Thank you.